From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse, Jen Watson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser, Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you happen to be checking us out for the first time, uh, hey, thanks for stopping by and joining us. You got to go to stormfrontfreaks.com because there you can access our library of all of our past shows uh, with a lot of famous guests. Uh, from the weather industry, we've had other storm chasers like Reed Timmer, Jeff Piotrowski has been with us. Uh, but tonight, this is episode 82. We're excited that you're joining us because we're joined by owner of Extreme Tornado Tours. Nick Dreischman is with us tonight, so uh, we're looking forward to talking to Nick. Uh, we also have a lightning round with him, as we always do. Uh, we've got tracker chat, tornado talk, and you don't want to miss our hashtag weather fools. And the Weather Trollbot 5000 is making her appearance tonight as well. Yes. Uh, so we are in for a great show. But before we get to all of that, uh, we always like to introduce our co-host so you can put a voice to the name uh, and find out who's here tonight uh, by stepping up to the Stormfront Freaks Bar. We get to see what everyone's drinking. And if you listened to last episode, you found out that this is a great segment. If you happen to be listening to us on your podcast app, now's the time to turn it to half speed and listen to what are you drinking at half speed dina you probably because you weren't here so you have got to listen to that oh my gosh what, what are you drinking tonight dina all right well mine's kind of boring especially compared to nick i just have a Michelob ultra you know uh i just finished a coffee and now i'm ready to go and have a beer oh, <laughs> wide awake drunk thing I'm mixing. What do they say? Coffee before beer, never fear, right? Or is that one thing? I can go with that. I'm, All right, I'm more that's awake. good. So, so MJ is with us tonight in Minnesota, but he's uh, he is he's mute. He's uh, he's not speaking tonight. <laughs> he's probably going to fall asleep on us too. But Maz, Maz is with us. What are you drinking tonight, Maz? Well, I'll tell you. I saw MJ. It looked like a Captain and Coke. Do I get a thumbs up on that? Yeah, that's oh, a Captain of Coke. Job. But it was in a smaller glass, so I don't know what's up with that. He's used he's to the got a picture on the side. Yeah, he's used to the big gulp, that. right? Anyway. Yeah, it doesn't have the forty-four I, ounce. I, on the other hand, are doing the Yingling Black and Tan tonight. Ooh, very good Solid choice. Yes, tasty. tasty. Well, that's good. And and I, I we always tell our guests that the if we had a real green room, it would always be fully stocked. Uh, but ours is a virtual green room, so it's always fun to find out what our virtual fridge was stocked with so nick what are you drinking tonight yeah man i've got this you know and i'm probably going to lose my guy card points on this one but this is a uh, it's a 26 brewing out of uh colorado denver it's a it's an american cream ale and it's got a little bit of tangerine in it so no it's not super hoppy or crazy i think it's delicious it's a great summer beer um and i like this one i brought it back from denver we can't get it here and much like the yingling we can't get that, uh, what is it, west of the, the Mississippi. So, yeah, this is an import, an American import for me. Is that like a blue moon almost because of the oranginess in it? 
it, it definitely has that little bit of citrus, but like, mm -hmm. I really don't like those beers that have that like citrus taste that tastes like kind of like it's been added and it's like kind of almost chemically like a wine cooler or something. Yeah. Anytime yeah. it gets like that, I just like a little subtle like hit of it. And this one has just a little bit of tangerine and it tastes real to it. And it won a bunch of awards and stuff, but Hey, you know, I'm not fancy. I like to do Coors Light too. That's my drinking beer. You know? But does it have alcohol? Like, does it actually, if it's a cream ale, does it have an alcohol content to it? Yeah, no, it does. It's a uh, 5.2% ABV okay. on this one and a very low IBU. Um, but it's just really good summer drinking beer. It's hot in Oklahoma right now. It's heat index about 90 degrees. Well, let's, let's tell you what, let's, let's do this before people think we're, we've got a beer podcast. Let's, <laughs> yeah, get to the yeah, weather. Sure. let's get to the weather part. Dean, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay, we welcome Nick Dreischman. Uh, Nick decided to pursue storm chasing as a full-time passion in 2012, but honed his skills chasing monsoon season thunderstorms near his hometown of San Diego in 2001. He's a former chase partner of Reed Timmer, which we've had on the show before. Currently, Nick is based in Norman, Oklahoma, and a veteran guide and owner of Extreme Tornado Tours. So, Nick... It, I kind of was laughing a little bit because you're huge into storm chasing, but you came from San Diego. I mean, how big do these monsoon thunderstorms get in over there? You know, it, that's a really good question. And it's something that, especially when we, you know, introduce ourselves to our tour guests and I say I'm originally from San Diego, it's always kind of a laugh for them too. But, you know, the monsoon, you may not see as, as many tornadoes and especially not strong tornadoes. You may get a few here and there. Um, we typically deal in, in land spouts or uh, even in the Pacific, we'll get those winter storms and sometimes even summer storms that'll drop water spouts. And that's actually when I saw my first tornadoes were uh, two water spouts. Um, and I was very young and that kind of ignited my passion. But, you know, as time went on, I would see these huge storms in this cumulonimbus building out in the deserts. And I lived on the coast and my idea was storm chasing back then didn't involve any radar or computers. I would literally just drive out to the desert, drive into the middle of these storms and get pummeled and then come back. And that was my idea of a storm chasing. But, um, you know, out there you get really isolated storms. The lightning is beautiful. So uh, like my buddies, Michael Binsky, Will Wilkins, for example, uh, uh, Trey Greenwood, Adrian Roseres, uh, they're all prolific chasers of the American uh, monsoon. And we get some really great pictures out there. Maybe not as many big violent tornadoes though. So did you guys like pick up dirt and just sort of drop it in the wind yeah. like in uh, Twister? That's it, man. <laughs> How long have you guys been around? Like, when when did you first start? And and how's it like? What was the first like week? Were you like, this is awesome? Or like, okay, we've got a ways to go to get to where we are in 2019. Well, I mean, if we're talking about my tour business, I started with that in 2015. The business itself had started in 2008 by Reed Timmer himself. Um, if we're talking about monsoon stuff, I really started getting into it around 2012 and making it kind of like my uh, all-time hobby, and then it kind of became a job for me in 2015. How, how'd you go? How'd you go from there though to deciding? Uh, yeah, I want to get into the tour business in the plains. What what yeah. was that transition all about? So I met Reed back in like 2013 or 2014 through some mutual friends. And like, you know, I was kind of fanboying out. I, I'd seen the show on Discovery and all that. And I was I was a big fan of his. But 
we came to find out that, you know, we hung out a few times and, and we kind of became friends. And he offered me a job in 2014 to be a guide that ended up falling through. But he said, you know, why don't you come out, you know, spend some time. You can use my house as a home base here in Norman. So I came out by myself and I found out very quickly how difficult it is to get next to these big storms that are east of the Rockies. So uh, before that, I'd spent some time east of the Rockies in Canada because my parents lived there in southwest Manitoba. And I'd seen my first mesocyclonic tornado in 2012. But 2015 was the first year that I packed up my truck. I sold all my furniture, just drove right out here and uh, made it my place to stay for a while and, and became a full time guide with uh, ETT and then transitioned into a management position in March of 2016. Wow. So how? Yeah. I'm just curious, like the logistics, like if you, yeah. you said I want to be I want to start a company. I mean, is there there's so many questions like how do you even sure. start a business like that? Sure. So, you know, the tour business company, although it's a pretty niche business and, and you know, overall, I would say that there's probably less than 20 of these businesses worldwide. Um, it's very difficult to get into um, if you don't have some sort of like a stature beforehand. I was very lucky that, you know, I had Reed that actually gave me this business um, or otherwise I definitely wouldn't be where we are today. That's for sure. Um, but there's other great storm chasers out there that may have a big following and, and, the, and you have to be kind of maybe you're doing photography classes and then you're bringing out people and you've got your social media campaigns working really well and then people want to go with you in storm chase um, but there's a need for people like us because people that wouldn't normally be able to otherwise need to see storms they want to see storms they've had these dreams of seeing a tornado or these severe weather events since they're kids and they need to do it safely um, and then on top of that, they need somebody that can help them out with the logistics of trying to move around masses of people in the middle of Kansas at uh, 12 a.m. and finding a good place to stay. So that's why our tour companies exist. So for Reed to give you a business, you guys must have been buds or he lost terribly in poker. <laughs> well, I can't comment on, on Reed's gambling prowess uh, <laughs> live here, but um Reed and I have definitely been good friends. I, I do consider him one of my best friends. And um, but I think that it was more had to do with the fact that when I came aboard, that there was a little bit of a lack of structure. The people that were running it before, although they're great people, um, maybe it just needed a little bit more attention. And when I came aboard, I was suggesting things. We need to do this, guys, and this and that. And those people were, you know, kind of on their way out at the time. And it was just more of a time and place thing that worked out that way. And Reed was moving in a different direction with his career um, and it helped him out to free up some time. And although he wasn't really kind of taking care of things at ETT at the time, it allowed him to kind of do what he wanted to do, moving on to things like AccuWeather and things like that. So um, I was just very fortunate and I've worked very hard for it and I don't take it for granted. So how many people do you usually take out? per tour are you in a van are you in a truck do you have multiple cars what um all of the above so we use uh, ford e350 vans they're actually 15 passenger vans but we take out the rear seat so we have three rows back there for the people then you have your guide a driver and a guide up front um, and we don't ever put more than a total of eight people in each van so that way the six guests that are in the back each get their own window seat and then we've got enough room for the luggage in the back um, I do own five of these vans. Uh, at the most, I operate up to three of them at a time. And I think our record is just right around like 22 people or something like that, which is interesting for hotels when you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so so did, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to ask what, so what comes with an ETT tour? So if I were to go ahead and sign up and 
give me my moolah, what, uh, what am I going to get? Sure. So there's five, seven, and 10 day tours that we offer. With that, you get all of your lodging included. So if you get a seven day tour, you're going to get seven nights of lodging. Um, you would fly into one of our host cities, uh, either OKC or Denver. We're going to have an orientation meeting, get all your safety stuff done, go out to dinner. The next day is your first chase day. You're basically going to arrive with us. We're going to take care of everything, all of your chasing, all of your safety, getting next to these tornadoes, where you're going to sleep at night. The only thing you have to worry about is paying for your food. And then we also offer some extras on the side, like a T-shirt like this. This is one of our new T-shirts that we've got. And we do some decals. And then they also get a season uh, recap digital DVD that is kind of a best of moments and some of our candid highlights from the season. So who's typically your client? I mean, do you get like a certain subset of the population that, that comes in? Definitely. Um, yeah, the demographic age-wise is across the board. Um, we've had 16-year-olds that are accompanied by a guardian. Uh, they're still in high school. They're pursuing a meteorology degree later on in college, all the way up to uh, someone in their 70s uh, from the UK. Um, the areas are primarily a good mixture between U.S. and international, and the international guests are typically always Australian, U.K., and then we get a little mix of kind of others. This uh, year was really kind of a variety of people. We had uh, guests from Finland. We had a, a, a lady from Russia. Um, we've had all sorts. So, yeah, it kind of Abu, Abu Dhabi. Um, so it's really cool. But I would say about 50 to 60 percent of our guests are recurring guests that come back every year. Um, they immediately rebook their tours. This is what they do. They work all year long to be able to come out. This is their idea of a perfect vacation. They're like us. They've loved weather since they were little kids. And they just want to go with somebody that takes care of the logistics. And uh, we have a gentleman that just signed up for four tours in a row with us. He's been on something like 15 or 16 tours with us. And he's seen 100 tornadoes in the past wow. four years. Wow. I love it. Yeah, definitely. But he's a great guy. This guy, this guy was literally taking giant uh, power poles and tossing them off the road after the Chapman, Kansas tornado in 2016. And he's at gas stations washing down the windows. And we try and tell him, Roy, man, you got to let it go, man. We'll, we'll, we'll do the windows. Don't worry about it. And this guy's a team player and he's, a, he's a, a great friend of ours. And we just, we love all, we love all of our guests, but we've got a special place for Roy. For is, sure. is his name Bruce Banner? Something like that. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the Hulk of storm chasing tour guests for sure. Yeah, right, so, telephone poles. Right? So I'm in your. Yeah. I know it's me. So so I'm in. So I'm in your van. So I'm coming with you guys. We're on a tour. What What do you guys? What's your van setup like? You talked about yeah. chairs and seats and everything, but but what what's your setup up front as far as you guys and as the tour guides and what are you telling your attendees, your guests? Uh, what are you telling them to do in order to monitor the storm and what resources? I guess. That's a good question. So we typically have a lead van um, that's operated by uh, one of our drivers and lead guides, Blake Brown. He's a prolific chaser in his own right. And also a veteran storm chaser, Kevin Rolfs, who is our OU uh, trained meteorologist. And Kevin's up in that front seat. He's dealing with real time uh, navigation of both the weather and the roads. Myself and my wife, Ashley, are in the following van. Um, and we're taking care of things too. And she's looking at that type of things. And so these vans would be full of about 12 people totally. That's an average tour. Sometimes we do a one van tour. Sometimes we may have three vans. And inside of these vans, we actually have drop down 17 inch uh, HD monitors. Sometimes we'll put up the radar. Um, we have high quality uh, boosting internet in there that boosts our uh, unlimited internet. We're able to provide a live stream. Um, and we're using some of the best radar products out there from Gibson Ridge and from Radar Scope on our phones. Oh, nice. And 
as, as we're moving through, we're, we're keeping people informed about things. So a typical day with us would be uh, waking up in the morning, heading over to maybe a Starbucks, doing a forecast meeting with Kevin. Um, the guests are able to get around and really look at kind of these, you know, now casting techniques that we use in our forecasting techniques to take them out there. And as we progress through the day, we're making these stops on the side of the road. We have a color coded safety system for how close they can be to the vans. Uh, we're really big on safety out there. And uh, what we like to do is just kind of stair step with the storms. And sometimes we'll get the guests out for an hour. And sometimes it's, hey, there's a code red. You need to just walk right out of the door of the van, stay in a line, take your picture and hop right back in. And we got to move. And uh, it can be really exciting. It can be really kind of slow paced and beautiful. So it's a little bit of everything out there for sure. This sounds so, awesome. So like yeah, if I'm yeah. gonna sign up for it, do you go to like your website? Like how early do you usually do it? Because being a meteorologist myself, I might be looking a week before going, man, next week's gonna just be crazy. But then you know, you it may be full, your tornado tour may be full. That's true. Um, and that does happen a lot. And in fact, this year, it was really big on that. When we had that really big May portion where, you know, we had a lot of tornadoes, the emails were very busy. And unfortunately, those tours have been sold out months and months before. In fact, looking wow. ahead to 2020 right now, I would say about half of our tours are half full already. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And typically that's from those returning guests. And, uh, you know, there may be a day where we're able to run more vans, but I, I don't really feel comfortable with it. I think that three would be our max because um, we want to be able to be nimble out there. There's other tour companies that may run some more vans, but uh, we like being able to be nimble. Um, we have our Midland communications and we're constantly talking to each other and that keeps us uh, able to stay with the storms. And also the, the first thing is safety at all times. And we're known for getting close, um, but we can only do that in certain circumstances. But that's one of the things that ETT is known for. So if you have five, five, seven and 10 day, is that right? Tours? That's correct. Yeah. So how do you, uh, what's the logistics? How do you do that if you're out there on a five day and it's like, man, tomorrow, you're on the fifth day, and tomorrow's going to be great. Can you, add on? Great. Can you do an add-on? <laughs> we, we, we can, and we have done that. Um, in fact, we've had days before when even though a tour has seen lots of tornadoes, it's been a great tour. We're at the last day. It's a travel day back to the hotel. It was an off day for chasing, and then uh, we've got a high risk on what we call our off day. Well, that's our only day to go back and finally sleep maybe in our own beds and get some laundry done. And we've taken that day and we've said, you know what, if anybody can switch a flight, if anybody drove here, if you can make it to the vans and go out with us, we'll have you back at the hotel by the end of the night. It may be pretty late, but we'll take you out for a free uh, additional day for no extra costs. We've done that before with guests for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it gets really tough um, when you're out there and you imagine if you're on a tour, well, these patterns, they kind of come in ebbs and flows. You guys, meteorologists, storm enthusiasts, so you know, especially during springtime, we'll have a wave of two to three days of severe weather coming through, and then we'll have a little bit of lull in the ridging pattern, et cetera. Um, and so sometimes you get a tour that just hits one of those lows. And if it's a short tour, it's tough. You may only get one or two good chase days. So we do whatever it takes to get our guests on storms. We'll drive from the Canadian border to the Mexican border. Um, our tours oh. have gone as far east as Florida. Um, and, oh. all the way, and all the way to the Rocky Mountains in the West. So we, we do whatever it takes for our guests. I think we need to book a Stormfront Freaks one in May next year. What do you guys Let's think? Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been promoting that. I'm for it. I'm for I'm it. Totally, I'm serious. I'm totally in for it. Okay. Have you guys right. done? Yeah. Have you guys done a lot of chasing before? Not Sorry, not to ask you guys questions, but have um, you guys seen tornadoes? Mainly I'm the one like in the studio 
doing the radar, right, right. you know, doing it that way. So. Gotcha. Cool. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about that. Cool. So, hey, you you guys have heard me talk about my favorite daily weather app, okay? Atmosphere Weather. It's the last daily weather app that you're going to want to use. It shows the entire daily forecast each hour on one screen around a 24-hour clock with a weather radar in the center. And now, if you're a baseball fan, you can actually view each day's Major League Baseball game time right on the hourly weather dial. And if it looks good, you can also order your tickets to the game right from the app, which wow. is pretty awesome. Cool. So you got, you got to try this to believe it while you're listening to us right now. Go ahead and download Atmosphere Weather. It's now on iOS and Android. There's a full-featured free trial, then a basic version that's free once the trial is over. So give it a spin. Search Atmosphere Weather in your app store, or you can also visit atmosphereweather.com. Trust me, it'll be awesome. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break, uh, give you time to go ahead and refill your drink, and check out our exclusive tracker chat with the Tornado Trackers. And they're going to talk about the best practices during the best chase days. Uh, and while they'll do that, uh, we're going to go ahead and we will be right back. Tracker Chat, the podcast inside of a podcast. We are the Tornado Trackers. My name is Jeremy Heyman, and I'm joined by my chasing partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Over the next few weeks, each of us are going to talk about the best storm chase day we ever had and what practices we put into place to make that happen. So I'm going to go first. My uh, best chase day ever was Winniewood, Oklahoma. That was May 9th, 2016. It was an EF4 tornado, super photogenic tornado. Um, we were on that tornado, um, but we were not originally on that tornado, or at least Jeff and I weren't. We were, uh, Jeff, I can't remember. It, we were like almost all the way down in Dallas. Um, yeah, we were Gainesville, pretty far away. Yeah, Gainesville, Texas. Yeah, we got word from Gabe that, uh, hey guys, you are in the wrong place. Um, and Jeff and I had to, to swallow our ego, swallow our pride for sure, and uh, trust our chasing partner to uh, meet up with him in central Oklahoma, south central Oklahoma that day, and it was perfect. And so the the skill that we had to put in place, at least Jeff and I did, was was swallowing our pride, taking a deep breath, and and trusting that, uh, yeah, we, we got it wrong and we need to, to change our plan. So I would say as storm chasers, you have to change your plan. Uh, the, the weather is so fluid. It's literally fluid and metaphorically fluid. And, and so you have to have a plan B plan C plan D and, and flex with the weather. So, uh, I know as I try to be a, a guy who seems like he has it together and, and, you know, even in storm chasing, you know, you want to feel like your forecast was, is the best one and your instincts are the best, but uh, it's not always true, and you have to to flex and change, and and that's what we did that day, and and so we had a uh, an amazing chase day as a result. I got a question for you. Um, that is an an awesome point, and I think too another thing that I because you were our driver that day uh, when I when you guys met up with me, I hopped in your car, uh, and then you were in charge of navigating that storm. 
Maybe you could talk about uh, situational awareness as you were driving, um, navigating the storm. And then also, you know, we encountered some pretty crazy damage paths that we had to drive around. Um, and then also other chasers. Maybe you could talk a little bit about how you put into practice best uh, driving habits. Absolutely. So that was that was a definitely a wild driving experience. There was there was power lines down, tree limbs down, and uh, a lot of other chasers as well. Um, and and the roads weren't always the best. So there was uh, it was like three dimensional chess. You know, uh, I think just my personality uh, kind of thrives in that. I can be a little bit of an anxious person, and so when situations get a little bit intense, I feel like my focus narrows and I can kind of focus in a little bit more. It's kind of a strange counterintuitive way to think, but, uh, I think I, uh, with you guys in the, in the car at that time and making decisions about safety, I think I, I wanted to get y'all's feedback and, and tell y'all, Hey, this thing's in the road. And we kind of had this communication of y'all would then shout back, like, it's okay, go or go around it. Or, um, and so I kind of, uh, had y'all as a sounding board. And so we were kind of all being a really good team at that point. Uh, there was a moment. I think think that's an important point to kind of pull out from that too. Like having open dialogue and communication. I know people who watch our videos sometimes complain that we're yelling at each other, but when you're in that crazy of a situation, you want to have open communication, never assume that someone is aware of something else like there were several times you told me that there were power lines that were coming up on and I was hanging out the window and had no idea so having that open communication in the car um, can get annoying in hindsight watching the video (laughs) for people who aren't in the vehicle but it's actually a really important aspect to chasing with a team yeah absolutely and then I'd say just finally in terms of situational awareness uh, we came to a point where there was too much debris blocking the road and it was, it was unsafe. And so we just turned around and we were like, okay, uh, we have to drive away from this, uh, really photogenic cell and you just, you just do it. You, you have to kind of, again, in that moment, change, change your plans when things become unfeasible or unsafe. And yeah, it's, it's a, you, you might have to swallow your pride, but, but yeah, that's, that's definitely something that, uh, helped us achieve um a really a really good chase day i have no questions sorry <laughs> i was sitting on mean everything was addressed just now <laughs> this has been tracker chat thanks for joining us uh, we are the tornado trackers my name is jeremy Heyman, and i've been joined by my chase partners gabe cox and jeff mangum thanks to the stormfront freaks guys for letting us share a little bit of their airtime we really appreciate y'all uh, and we will see everyone next week Felicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at Helicity.co. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We've got Nick Dreischman, owner of Extreme Tornado Tours here uh, with us. Dina, you were talking during the break a little bit about 
uh, getting a, getting a group together and doing this. But you mentioned one of one of the other benefits, I think, of doing a tour, which was what? How make it so many cool friends, especially around the world. It's, How much fun is this? It's like a part, almost like a. I don't want to say party because it could be serious, but it it's is. also a party, right? It's a full blown party for sure. And like, it's, it's one of the things that I touch on, like when we first, like, especially when we have new guests and we're doing our introduction and these people have just stepped off planes. Some of them have flown across the world. They're internationally never even stepped in the USA before. And one of the first things I mentioned is besides the obvious needs of wanting to see a tornado or severe weather, we're here because where else are you going to pack weather enthusiasts all into one van on a cross country road ship, road, road trip. And uh, it's just the coolest thing ever. So when you're hanging out with that many like-minded weather enthusiasts, it's a super magical thing. We've had people that have met on our tours and have become married. We've had people become wow. in, in, engaged to be, I'm one of them. Uh, I oh, met my really? wife on our, our tours actually in 2015. Um, and we've had other did guests you, that have you, met. Wait, did you give her a discount on uh, a rebate <laughs> on the tour? On, on the it's next one, on the next one, she came uh, on for free. Kind. You're too kind. <laughs> so yeah, right. it's it's awesome. So let, I I need to ask you this. So May May 28th, uh, there was an accident near Lawrence, Kansas. Another storm tour company had a couple vans uh, get sideswiped by a tornado and roll. Um, what what uh, what have been your discussions and thoughts and decisions that you've made since then? Um, my first thought about the incident is that, and when I first heard about it was I wanted to know if anybody was hurt when I found out it was only minor injuries. I was really happy about that. To be honest, it's the only thing that I care about. Um, I don't care if they're my competition. Um, I don't care about anything, uh, other than the fact that no one was hurt, um, or worse. And, uh, that's really important. What I have to say in general to that is storm chasing as a hobby is a dangerous sport, no matter how good you are. I think we know that some people that have been uh, highly skilled in, in, in this hobby um, have lost their lives. And um, albeit it only happened uh, once, um, you, 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 can't, you can't predict mother nature uh, perfectly. And I don't care who you are, how good you are, People make mistakes. Um, things happen. Uh, things that you're normally used to seeing after years and years and years may switch like that. And uh, so I don't fault anybody for ever getting themselves into a bad place storm chasing. And I think that that's what happened to them. And, and overall, I'm just happy that no one was hurt or worse. How, how, how do you, and maybe it hasn't yet, but I guess how is that event going to change the entire storm tour industry? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. Uh, you know, um, I, I think that overall, most of the guests that are in the know kind of know that these things happen, especially if they've been out there before and they see how quickly things can change. They're going to know that you know this is maybe just a fluke type thing that just happened. Maybe there was a mistake made. It's not my job to judge that. I wasn't there. Um, but I think that overall, the people that do understand storm chasing and fans of it will kind of know that sometimes accidents happen. And, and I hope that it doesn't affect the industry in a bad way. You're very hospitality oriented. I mean, is that kind of like your background? Cause you're, I mean, you're, you should have a hotel. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. You save a hell of a lot of money on the road if you had your own <laughs> hotel. Well, um, I did. I have come from like a career background my entire life. I've worked since I was 13 years old. I, I've never not had a job. 
Um, I've been in retail management at, at larger businesses before. Um, I've had my own companies before and that type of thing. So this was kind of a perfect mix of needing to come into a place of management ownership and being able to do what I love. So I feel very fortunate for that. For so sure. how, do, how do you plan? Because some of the guys are saying online and great food, too. Yeah. And I'm like, how are, are you how are you doing the food thing? Is it you're stopping in specific places or are you bringing bringing stuff or grow behind them <laughs> yeah like uh my wife likes to bring like carrots in, in the cooler so <laughs> she's a she's a personal good yeah. food they're referring it's, to yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work for the guests but it, it's good for her and us sometimes but she's a personal trainer so she's always got some nice healthy snacks with us we keep a big cooler um we give our guests free waters and drinks and stuff like that all the time but we always go out somewhere so obviously, if we have a little bit of time, um, if we're in a certain place that has great food, it's all about the best barbecue places out there. Uh, you got Betty Rose's Little Brisket in Abilene, Texas. Um, you got to do the Big Texan Steak Ranch in Amarillo, Texas. I've probably been there about 30 or 40 times. Um, <laughs> I am like this. So they have the 72 ounce, and it's 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 wow. about that thick, and it's about that thick, and then it comes with a baked potato. Uh, comes with like shrimps, um, comes with a salad. And we actually had a guy, um, a great guy, his name's Bart Comstock, and uh, he's moved on to bigger and better things. But he actually finished the entire meal and he was halfway down onto the last half of that mashed potato and couldn't get it done. Oh so, my God. yeah, what so you, wasn't there an movie? hour and it's free. Exactly. It's an hour. They, they put you up on a big stage and they hit a timer and they're yelling at the whole place. And the place is like a, it's like an opera house for steak eating. So, but here's the kicker. There's a girl that did it and she weighs at like 120 pounds. She did three of those challenges in like 22 minutes. No. Dead serious. Yeah. It's like Dead that serious. guy. It's like that guy that used to, that the uh, speed food eater. Yeah. That that's just eat billions of hot dogs. And it was like a little oh, exactly American it's, Asian guy. It was, yeah, it was just. It's really gross to watch her do it because she just goes full <laughs> caveman on that thing. Oh, cave, wow. cave woman on it. It's pretty okay, gross. Okay, so so staying on the gross side, yeah. when you have a when you have a red uh, what'd you call it a red alert red flag when it's you step out and get a camera code shot. Red. Back in. Code, code red. red. Okay, so yeah. you got a code red and everybody's excited. You know someone's got to go to the bathroom. I was just right thinking. So <laughs> is it like a catheter with every tour? What are we talking here? So that's always definitely a source of contention um, on the tours and definitely uh, besides uh, hotels at night, one of our biggest difficulties, we tell the guests before we start out, hey, you know, some of you ladies might not be into it, but we do have something called a bush bathroom. Um, some of the guys are okay with that, but we try and let them know to like, kind of keep, you know, don't grab that large unsweet iced tea with lunch that day when you're chasing, right? So um, try and kind of watch the liquid intake, um, try and get a bathroom stop in just right before we chase. And it usually works out pretty good. Um, but yeah, there's been some times that it's been a pretty quick run to find some sort of a gas station after a chase. Okay. Explain to me what the bush thing is. <laughs> that would be peeing on the side of the road. Yeah. Okay. Just like it sounds. I was thinking though, but like if yeah. you're out in the plains, <laughs> everybody's there to take a peek. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. True. You should have your own ETT bushes that you bring along. There you go. Put people around, or put not people around. Put the yeah. bushes around the. Yeah. So uh -huh. we've always talked about installing, just like you said, some sort of a catheter system, uh, some sort of a tubing that just goes. To, they can pull it right out underneath wow. their feet in the van. Wow. And then it has a tube that goes right down underneath, and then we could provide some sort of septic system or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I saw a picture on Twitter or something. 
where there was a chaser that had somehow just naturally might have had a hole in the bottom of their vehicle. Yeah, oh, really? did just that. Had some kind of funnel system and man, that's such a dude thing. Watered the, watered the road. It would be better for chasing if you didn't have to stop. If you didn't ever have to stop, then you'd be you'd be a pretty darn good chaser. Yeah, but that's not the best place to yell funnel. No, no. Tell me, Nick, a little bit. So insurance wise, right? So I again, that's to me the threat of an incident that that we had in May with the other tour company. Um in asking how is that going to change the industry from an insurance side of things? What, what's the kind of insurance that you have to have, or you have to get? It totally depends. Um, there's some companies that just kind of run your basic car insurance. Um, other companies such as, as mine, uh, we use commercial insurance that includes a medical liability and that type of thing. Like an it's umbrella very, kind of deal or what? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that's your basic commercial vehicle insurance, and it has you know up to a million to two million dollars worth of, of uh, general liability insurance, um, and then you can have some sort of business blanket uh, liability insurance and that type of thing. But it's very difficult when you try and, and go to these people and say that you chase tornadoes. If you're being honest about it, you're going to have a really hard time doing it, and it's been one of the more difficult things that I've figured out in my business. Uh, but it is something that we carry. Um, and I'm just hoping that I don't have any, you know, letters from my insurance finding out about other stuff. But, you know, then again, it's, so, you, it's, so you tell them you're, you're doing a cloud watching tour, right? Or you're <laughs> rainbow, rainbow searching tours. <laughs> no, I'm completely honest about what we do because I have to be because if yeah. something yeah. if something yeah. does happen, um, not covered then, yeah. yeah, you have to be completely honest with these people. And so we go through specialized brokers for touring businesses. I have a great guy out of California that helps me out with this type of thing. Uh, TIB insurance. He's great for that type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, you, you've got to have it, but you have to be honest with them because if something happens and you're doing something that you didn't cover, then you're in, you're in trouble. Okay. So you're talking uh, lodging, food, you got insurance, you got all kinds of stuff. What's the difference between a five day and a 10 day tour? Is it a, a big cost difference between yeah, the I mean, two? The five days are two thousand dollars. The seven days are two thousand seven hundred, and the ten days are three thousand six hundred dollars. So they're expensive, but then when you kind of think about things on my end, they start to add up. Um, just for to give you an example, uh, I spent sixty thousand dollars on hotel rooms in just these past three months. Wow! Um, Whoa! So are you getting points? I am. <laughs> I, I am. I am. We and then we use them to get more hotel rooms again to keep our costs down. So um, I, I live in a house that I rent. Uh, I, you know, for eight hundred bucks. Uh, I I don't have expensive cars. I have the same sixty full frame camera that I've had for seven years. Um, we're not well off. We just we just like to be able to put food on our table and you know have a good time and still be able to chase. And as long as I can do that for a little while and. Maybe one day down the road, buy a little house or something. That would be nice for me. So that's very cool. Yeah, very cool. That's cool. Wow. All right. Well, hey, that's the sound. Uh, Nick, it is time for our lightning round. So this is our game show of flashy questions for our guests that we do every episode. We okay. invite you to play along at home as well. But tonight, Nick, uh, we're, we're playing a little game that we're going to call Tour or False. You get it? Tour or false? That's clever. That's pretty good. Um, And so what I'm going to do is I looked up some strange and bizarre tours in the United States. Oh, no. uh, I've combined them with some tours that aren't 
actually real. And it's <laughs> going to be your job to tell us uh, which, which, which is true, which is true, which is tour and which is. <laughs> okay. I like right. you. So, so that's going to be the show. So uh, that's what we're going to do. And, and I always tell the freaks too. They, they can always. Yes. Give the Chime idea. in. <laughs> I, always, I always tell our guests, don't listen to them. We don't have the, um, we don't have the answer key. Only yeah. Has no. It. So anyway. All right. So, so here we go. Let's, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give you the first one. Uh, this is this is called uh, this is in the city of New Orleans. It is the French Quarter Vampire Haunt. The French Quarter Vampire Haunt. Is this tour or false? I, I believe that that's tour. I think it's tour too. That is correct. That that is a real tour. If you're in New Orleans, you can tour New Orleans and apparently visit vampire haunts. Hyoctine blood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one. Uh, you could go to New York City, and one of the tours in New York City is a tour of morbid sights in a 1960s hearse. Hmm. False. Uh-huh. I'm going to have to go with false on that. Oh, oh that's man. True. Yeah, it, I mean, you could do you could do lots of weird in, in New York City. <laughs> uh, it's in a hearse, though. Like, how much of a tour is that? Here's the hearse, guys, with the weird you know, stuff in it. Plus, it. plus you're laying down, you know. Oh, they, take you, they drive you around in it. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, so here's another one. So you can visit Seattle. So in Seattle, they have a ketchup creation factory tour. Uh, tour of the factories, ketchup factories. Yeah, Seattle's weird, so I'm going to have to say that's tour true. That's yeah. two or true. Oh, that's true. That is that's false. We oh. uh, made that one up. That, yeah, that's that's not true. Like who, right. who would buy that? You know what I mean, who, yeah, tour ketchup. People from the mustard tour. Yeah, who would go on the morbid sight tours in first? I'll do that. really bad at this. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's one. You, uh, you can go to Los Angeles, and you can get a tour where you practice escaping from the paparazzi. So it's actually a running tour of Los Angeles. Uh, where you can pretend you're a celebrity. Tour or false? Oh, man. I have to say tour. Yeah. That is correct. You can really do that. Yeah. I've done it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. All right. uh, Another one. You can – Austin. Go to Austin, Texas. They have a tour where you can check out the city chicken coops. You know, I'm going to go with false on that one. There is there is a city chicken coops tour in Austin. I mean, I know they like their food out there. There's some great barbecue out there, Franklin barbecue. They must have a ton of chicken coops. All right, all right. Last one, last one. You could go to San Francisco, and they have a tour of toxic sites in San Francisco. Is that tour or false? I mean, how many toxic sites are there in San Francisco? I'm going to say false. That yeah. is true. So that that was actually a true one. And and I don't I've never been to San Francisco. I just talked to someone who just visited there last week. Okay. And they said there are some pot spots of San Francisco that are unpleasant. Oh, there like, you go. Don't leave anything in your rental car, no matter where you are in the city, don't leave anything in your car because there yeah. will be someone who will That's take, true. like break mm. into your car, literally yeah. break into your car and take well, it. Well, there's, there's gotta be places like that in the middle most of the cities. Day. It's like the most expensive place to live for uh, for uh, housing 
in the United All States. Right. So great job. Great job, Nick. Thanks for having some fun. Play hey, thanks. Um, tell us how, Nick, how can our listeners find Extreme Tornado Tours and how can they, uh, I guess, follow you guys on social media? Yeah, so the website is www.extremetornadotours.com. Our social medias across the board are at Tornado Tours. Sometimes um, on the Twitter, I believe there's a tornado underscore tours there. Um, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash extreme tornado tours. And you can always just send us a message on the website or on the old Facebook over there, and uh, we'll be happy to respond. And we appreciate any of your listeners that were interested. Please send me an email. We'll try and get you a little bit of a discount for listening. Cool. Awesome. Well, hey, oh, thanks for awesome. doing that. Yeah. That's sweet. All right. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our final break with our tornado talk segment and the story of the 1978 4th of July tornadoes. Uh, so we'll be right back with Weather Trollbot 5000 and our Weather Fools. Stay tuned. For the Storm Prediction Center Tornado Database, 234 tornadoes have been documented on Independence Day since records began in 1950. The majority of these have a rating of F2 or EF2 or lower. Four were given an F3 rating and there have been two rated F4. July 4, 1995 holds the record for the most tornadoes on the 4th of July. There were 15 on that day, the strongest rated F2 in Ingham County, Michigan. It was another Michigan tornado that occurred on July 4, 1957, and that was given a rating of F4. The twister had a skipping path of nearly 30 miles through Livingston and Oakland counties in the northern Detroit suburbs. For the Climatological Data National Summary, the tornado developed just southeast of the Brighton area. Four people were injured here, two homes were destroyed, and ten damaged in a new subdivision. The deadliest Independence Day tornado on record occurred on July 4, 1978. This is also the second deadliest tornado on record for the state of North Dakota. It moved slowly for approximately 28 miles through parts of Grant County. The storm data entry mentions it did occasionally lift, but was on the ground for close to an hour. The twister developed one mile west of Elgin. It moved to the northeast right through town. For Thomas Grizoulis and significant tornadoes, 17 blocks were hit in Elgin. Approximately 45 homes or trailers were damaged or destroyed. The water tower was demolished. Five people were killed in this small town and 35 were injured. The tornado left Elgin and followed Highway 21 for 27 miles. It dissipated south of Carson. There is little detail from storm data on the damage along that 27-mile stretch. Several newspaper articles describe damage on several farms. According to the Bismarck Tribune, on July 6, 1978, a windmill on a farm 12 miles east of Elgin was left a twisted mass after the tornado passed through. Five kids escaped serious injury as they huddled under a basement table at a home three miles southwest of Carson. Damages from the tornado were estimated at 1.5 million. Within a year, the town of Elgin had recovered tremendously from the tornado's destruction. In an article in the Bismarck Tribune on July 3, 1979, Mayor Ben Roth was interviewed. He described all of the new home construction, and several people had offered a brand new water tower. They received donations of $70,000 from churches, clubs, and individuals for the recovery effort. We have a detailed summary about the Elgin tornado on our website at tornadotalk.com. It contains a map, newspaper articles, and more. Get hooked on more tornado history by following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.
Hi, this is Extreme Meteorologist Reed Timmer, and you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Let's take a drive under the Let's take a drive under the Welcome back. now for Weather Fools. And we are loaded for bear this week. There's a lot of people doing some stuff. Let's just say that. <laughs> stuff that is just not right. Okay. So, Dina, you've got one to start us off for this week, right? I do. And it's kind of funny because, um, but uh, we'll put the link on. But this woman thought she was going to be really funny and drive her, like, minivan on the beach. But she drove it a little too far in by the water <laughs> and got stuck. And... I mean, come on. Who drives like like she's going to – it's not an amphibian car. It kind of goes in, and then now it's stuck, and it's, it's going to get kind of like pushed out into the water. So, you know, it's kind of dumb. Don't drive yeah, your car. I, you and know, a I saw that, Dina, and, and I don't know why. They, it wasn't like – it looked like a PT Cruiser kind of vehicle. I don't know. It's me. What like, the hell was that doing like on the, the beach? Turn around. Know. Don't drown. Yeah. yeah, like don't even go on the beach. <laughs> yeah, sit around, don't drive into the beach. Really? Those probably like aren't even front wheel drive, right? But you know, come no, on, they're not. If that's it, yeah, it was yeah. not a four wheel drive vehicle or no. front wheel. It's probably a rear wheel. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, come on, don't drive your car. Plus, it ruins the paint. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have some problems with salt. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. All right, good stuff. And uh, Phil. Yeah, How so I've got three. One? I mean, yeah, I okay. it's it's I'm these weather fools just seem to uh, leap out at me. Uh, I see these all the time. So the first one, this is gonna be good because this is this is an audio weather fool. Um, this was a caller called into a TV news station uh, from Whitehaven, Pennsylvania. And they had a comment about uh, a weather comment and how tornadoes are created that they were complaining about. So listen to this. We didn't have tornadoes here until we started putting into traffic circles. Because on the county, you want to know why? That when people go round and round in circles, it causes disturbance in the atmosphere and causes tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, so, so there you go. It's the roundabout seemed to be the reason why we have tornadoes. Solid logic there. That's, that's, yeah, that's solid. solid. That's, a, that's, a, that's the northern accent, just saying. Uh, it could be, but it was White Whitehaven, Pennsylvania, is what it That's said. North, North transplant Virginia. could be a transplant, yeah. but uh, so yeah. So just so you know, if if you want to complain to your local uh, county or city about the roundabouts they're putting in, just let them know that uh, <laughs> there's a rumor <laughs> that they also will create a tornado. <laughs> I, I personally, I blame the crop circles, but that's oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Next one I've got. Uh, this is from Sean Wheat. Uh, and Sean Wheat is is from where's he from? He's from W I W B, B W Kansas. Mm. W I B W. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got the W's. Met. Yeah, W I B W. There you go, Sean Wheat. Um, and uh, so he has a, a video on Twitter at W I B W Sean uh, of a light. This so this is the count the country stampede. It's like a, a music festival going on. And it's a video of uh, weather, and there are people just fleeing from the stage. And if you watch the video, there's like a huge, massive lightning strike in the behind the stage, like right there. Oh. And and people are like, and and if you look at it, you'll realize that for the most part, it's been evacuated. There's not that many people around anymore. 
but there's enough stupid weather fools that are still hanging out that uh, they decided let's wait till we could potentially get struck by lightning. <laughs> and this comes, if you guys remember a few years ago, remember Indianapolis? There was some yeah. uh, stage that, that and it wasn't even a tornado, it was just straight line winds, but uh, yeah. killed people. Yeah. yeah, it did. From that, from that so thing. So some, right. pe some people think that uh, trailers attract tornadoes. I have this feeling these, <laughs> these county <laughs> things attract storms. <laughs> There's got to be something to that. All right, and then the, the last one I've got is from uh, TTN Denver, Total Traffic Denver on Twitter. Yeah. It's uh, on Twitter. They're at Total Traffic D E N. But once again, uh, there's a, a video of I-25 and an overpass during a hailstorm, and there's weather fools again. Look, if you it's a three-lane highway, and now most people are off off the off the side, right? But there's the far right lane. People have parked in the traffic lane, uh, preventing people from going by. So thank God they at least left two lanes open. So people can get through. Uh, that's but just, that's it's, one of my, it's one of my pet peeves as a storm oh, chaser out I there. Can't it's stand it's it. so unsafe. Can you imagine if a tornado is coming? Right. Them? And right. no one, no one can get to safety because you got a bunch of freaking fools thinking yeah. they can seek shelter underneath. And then everybody else is behind them and they can't get they can't get out. They can't get anywhere. They can't drive anywhere. And it's barely raining, it looks like. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but look at the hydroplaning. I mean, there's a lot of water on this. <laughs> trying to pull out. I'm like, that is just. It's. Yeah, I just. This, yeah, whoa! This, this always just drives me nuts that that people do that. I did. I did my rant. I think on the the last episode, but. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you're not alone. So those, right. those are my those are my weather fools. That's your three. And in case you miss those, you can check them out at uh, stormfrontfreaks.com. In the podcast area, it's episode 82 show notes, and we'll have all those links to those four locations. Good job, guys. Very good. All right. Hey, and, and we decided it, we were getting we were getting some things piled up. It was time to bring uh, our weather trollbot 5000 out of the garage. Uh -oh. and, and if you if you're not familiar with our weather trollbot, uh, we bought her at a garage sale. Um, <laughs> she, she was she was pretty inexpensive. It, it's it's about I think the uh, learning level of a, a CNC if you guys remember those old uh, CNC things. Uh, but but regardless, w what we do and how we now use her is if we find uh, trolls on social media or anywhere else that are trolling our weather friends, um, usually what you get is you get a stupid troll comment, and then you get a nice response from the meteorologist or the weather person that was affected. They're nice about it, and they're like, hey, whatever. But what we do is we like to input all that information into our troll bot and find out what our meteorologist or what our weather friend was really thinking when they responded to that troll. So uh, we're going to start off tonight. We've got four that we're going to cover with you. The first, uh, first two, actually. Uh, are come from our friend Ginger Z. We've had her on the show, uh, ABC News meteorologist. Um, she, I actually just saw these yesterday. I think and, I saw that one. And I made a comment. I'm like, you know, Ginger must have known we were bringing out the, the troll bot uh, tonight because uh, she, she had to fill us in on a couple. So the first one, uh, this was from Troy. Uh, in, on Twitter, his handle is at Sooners5150. Uh, and we're not afraid to, to put people under the bus here. But he said, at Ginger Z, WTF is Cub Stadium. Try Wrigley Field. So apparently Ginger must have said something about uh, Cub Stadium. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe instead of calling it Wrigley Uh-oh. Field. Yeah. But uh, Ginger's reply was, yes, I worked in Chicago for five years, so I'm aware. I just don't use a script. So just said Cubs Stadium, which it is as well, she said, right? And she had a little wink emoji. And she said, happy Wednesday. Yeah. Right. So she was just kind of being nice. So here's what we're going to do. So I'm going to take that information, and I'm going to type it into our, our Weather Trollbot 5000. <laughs> and, and we're going to process this. And, and kind of see what uh, really what the Trollbot kicks out, what maybe she really thought. So uh, let's hear. Here's what Chicago Ginger Z was really thinking about. I lived in Chicago for five years, dumbass. I know Wrigley Field. Try speaking on live national television without a script and we will see how quickly you can name various landmarks on the fly. So f***. Yeah, oh. get a little spicy. You know, I should have warned every. I, I should have warned the kids. This is yeah. time to put the earmuffs on. I forgot Oops. the warning on that end, but um, uh-huh. uh, yeah, Ginger's getting a little spicy on that one. So that was the first one. That's bomb. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've never heard her actually say that, but um, according to uh, according to Weather Trollbot, that's that's apparently what MJ she's can thinking. MJ can beep that out, right? Yeah, he'll he'll beep it out okay, on the right. okay. okay, but if you're if you're watching live, you, you just. Like I said, it's raw. You get it all. All right, so second one is Ginger as well. <laughs> this, this, uh, this, so you know, this has since been deleted by the, uh, by the troll, but his name was Greg. Uh, he was at Greg, B-R-I, 2305-0304. Jeez. So it sounds like a Russian uh, troll to me. But, um, but his comment since been deleted, but here's what it said. It said, at Ginger Z, it's going to be so hot if you were lying out by the pool in a thong, I would like to cook brunch on your butt. Oh my god. <laughs> dope. Doesn't that sound intelligent, right? So so here was here was Ginger's reply. I mean, very professional. She just said, you know, I would not suggest trying this in the oh, heat wave. Okay. Skin just won't heat to the level necessary for brunch. Hashtag science little little wink emoji. Good job, Ginger. Right, wasn't well, that sweet? So, so let's go ahead and type this into Trollbot. Let's see what maybe she was. What was she really thinking? What she was oh, really man. thinking. This could be really interesting. All right, she kicked it out. Let's uh, let's hear what she says. I remember, I got her on a garage sale. So uh, here's here what brunch Ginger Z was really thinking. First. I am going to call you out in front of my two million followers to see if go hide under a rock. Check. Second, who the f*** cooks eggs on an ass? It will not work. Yo, bitch. It is called science. <laughs> That's good. Oh, Ginger. She's, she's a spicy one. Okay, next one. Next one we've got, Dino, got this from you. There's more. Uh, so, oh, it keeps coming. So, Christy Gordon... Uh, she's a TV meteorologist in British Columbia, uh, but she was she was five months pregnant. So you know it's going to be coming, right? The the yeah. morons that yeah. need to comment about uh, pregnant pregnancy, um, and and so this this troll actually wrote a letter. So this was a written letter sent to the the, the studio, and it was signed by quote unquote the group. Uh huh. And so uh, it said, "Your front end looks like the Hindenburg." Your rear end looks like a brick fill-in-the-blank house. <laughs> wow. Man. So, Dina, you, you found this one, right? Yeah. All right. So, so Christy's reply was, I would say to have some compassion on me or on any woman 
who is going through pregnancy. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, so she she's... looked great. I right. I, like, yeah, the video I know. Looked great. She looked this beautiful. This is what blows me away. What people think. Okay, so let's type it into Trollbot. And here we go. This this might be a good one. We'll have to check this one out. All right. Let's see what Trollbot says. Here is what Christy Gordon was really thinking. You ever see a pregnant woman before? They have an entire mini human inside their body. Get out of your mom's basement. <laughs> And by the way, she should be shot for naming your sorry ass the group. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, nice. Yo. Mm. Oh nice. god, stop picking on pregnant women. That's yeah, that's really man. Answer yeah. that question. All yeah. right, last last one we got is a, a former guest, our friend Aubrey Urbanowitz, uh, who is down in uh, Virginia, TV meteorologist chief down there. Uh, this was on Facebook. Uh, she she was actually reporting on a tornado, so she. She obviously, what she did was interrupted the Bachelorette, God forbid. Oh, jeez. She interrupted the Bachelorette because they had tornado warnings uh, going on in her, her territory, which obviously doesn't happen a lot, right? But uh, they're probably not used to it. But this was Annie Ott Young. Annie Ott Young. Uh, she said, all I wanted to do was watch the Bachelorette before work. I've gotten a 15-plus minute tornado report for West Virginia and about 10 ums. You know, and and so, Maz and Dina, you guys know you're you're on TV, oh, right? Yeah. You, you got to fill time. I mean, you're filling time, yeah. Right, you're you're trying to talk for. And she, I think, mentioned she was on for an hour straight. I think she said that here, because oh, uh, this was a response. She said, "Now that I can breathe for a second, let me say a few things I forgot to do in the midst of doing 500 things at the same time. Uh, I was on the air for an hour straight. Anyone who thinks I would choose to do that to hear myself talk is crazy." Do you know how exhausting wall-to-wall solo coverage is? Yes. That is hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You are yes. wiped out when you are done. Oh, and, so and, anyway. you know what? and people are like, hey, you're not digging ditches. You're not, I'm like, it's totally different. It's totally different. because right. That kind it's, of emotional stuff drains stress. you. Yeah, it's yeah. emotional Cause stress. Because you're ad-libbing ad the whole time, right. trying to come up with stuff. And uh, yeah. And if I you mean, make a mistake, there's, you know, there, there's yeah, high stakes. There's a that. troll bot there somewhere. And I'm sure she's yeah. trying to do radar and show radar. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and that, wasn't and... The, that wasn't the only stupid troll uh, that she was trying to respond to there. But I, I'm going to go ahead and, and type this in. Uh, and see maybe what uh, Aubrey's response might have been. Ooh, okay, this is a big one. So hold tight. She, she had a lot. <laughs> she, she apparently was thinking quite a bit. Uh, let's let's see. Here is what Aubrey was really thinking. It is funny how you think that while I am on live TV, I also have time to be reading your stupid Facebook post. It is like you expect me to see that and think. Oh, I had no idea people would be upset missing their reality TV show while I was trying to warn and save people about a dangerous storm. You are an East Coast storm pansy and have no idea what a tornado can do. I am shipping your ass first class to Oklahoma. You will learn what tornadoes can do and learn to get Hulu so you won't miss your precious shows. <laughs> get Hulu. Get Hulu. Good for her. Get Hulu. Oh that, that's the that's the moral of that story. <laughs> Just get Hulu. Don't worry about your Bachelorette. You'll you, you watch it later. All right. So uh, thanks for a little weather troll bot there. We'll, we're going to shove her back in the garage for a little while. For a while, yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> For a little, until, until we're, we're going to wash her mouth out with soap, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so she can come out with better. Mm. better. But, hey, she's probably just reporting it like it is, right? She's probably just reporting what they were thinking. So uh, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. As always, thanks for listening or watching. Uh, before I reveal our next guest, and yes, that's plural, wow. uh, I, I want to let you guys know uh, that um, we'd like you to do us a favor at least. Leave a great review on your podcast app or social media account, and we're going to share it on our next show. And don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button it works just like a newspaper or magazine except it's free and it just guarantees that when we issue the next latest show uh it'll come right into your podcast inbox so special thanks to our guest uh nick dreischman tonight nick thanks for joining us yeah it was great having you on and our, our next episode in two weeks we're going to be rec- uh, recording on july 11th with a special trio of former weather channel meteorologists We've got Catherine Prosiv, Crystal Eggers, cool. and Maria LaRosa of oh, yeah. Monarch Weather Consulting are going to be here. So, awesome. yeah. yeah, that's going to be I an awesome show. Uh, so, if you'd like to watch the recording live, you can do it at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. Check out our YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks. So, for MJ, for Maz, for Dina, and for Nick, uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we're going to catch you guys next time. So, good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.